Hi folks and welcome to another edition of Horrific Tales. Before we begin, if I just ask if you uh, like and share these videos and of course take a wee moment and uh, check out our artists, uh, give them a bit of a leg up and support. It'd be greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, today's tale is uh, an interesting little spooky one of uh, ghostly goings on in an otherwise luxurious hotel. Please relax, take a moment and enjoy the reservation. Written by John Lavelle. Michael and Mary stood in the hallway confused and tired as they attempted to puzzle together the events of the day so far. Jeez, it's already nine o'clock, Michael said as he glanced down at his watch. How has the time gone by so fast? Michael asked as he looked at his sister in amazement. You know what? I have no idea. All I know is that I took six days of leave to come see my little brother and we are here in Vulgar now. Let's put our bags away and head down for a swim. Mary replied with a big cheesy smile. Sounds like a plan, Batman, Michael said as he stuck his key in the keyhole of room 17 and turned it until the door popped open. As they walked inside they were both taken back by the beauty and detail of it. It was nicer than any room they had ever seen before. There was a beautiful king-sized bed, with a perfectly edged wooden backboard surrounded by an elegant white canopy. Beside the bed was a big dresser, with a two-seated chair that accompanied it perfectly. In front of the bed was another dresser that held a huge flat-screen television. What sat next to the door of the room was a bathroom nicer than either one of them had seen before. A double sink with white granite, a nice round mirror that hovered over both sinks, and a shower and tub fit for royalty. This is nice, Michael and Mary said in unison, with eyes wide open. Michael ran over to the bed and threw his bags on top of it. Let's go check out your room, Michael said, and they both took off towards room 16. Mary opened the door and they walked inside. This room was different. It had a scary vibe to it. And as they walked inside, they noticed how it was identical to Michael's room. Besides the fact that where the king-size bed had been, lay a full-size child's bed, decked out in pink. Well then, I guess Mr. Riley said that these were the exact rooms his family used to sleep in. He wasn't lying. Is this a joke? Mary asked, as if they had been set up in some sort of sick way. Michael walked over to the phone that sat on the dresser next to the bed and picked it up. There was only one button on it, he noticed, and it had no number attached. As Michael glanced over at Mary, he pushed the button. Michael, Mr. Riley here. How can I help you? Mr. Riley asked from the other side. Mr. Riley, um, Mary and I just walked in our room, room 16, and there's a child's bed in here. There must be some mistake, Michael said. Oh, there has been no mistake, Michael. When you called me to make a reservation, we only happened to have two rooms left. I gave your sister my baby girl's room because I figured she would be more comfortable in it than you would have. I'm so sorry. No more rooms are available, Michael. Bye. Mr. Riley said before hanging up abruptly. Michael put the phone back down and looked at Mary confused. Well, according to our great tour guide, Mr. Riley, these were the last two rooms available when I made the reservation. He gave you this one because you're a girl, Michael screamed as he poked Mary in her ribcage attempting to make her laugh. Mary was not amused by the gesture. I guess we're sharing a bed then, little brother. This room is too spooky for me. Mary said as she picked up her bags and began walking towards the door. 
Check this out. There's one of those connecting doors that leads to my room. Cool, Michael screamed as he ran up to the connecting door. Unlocked it, opened it up and walked through. See, I told you that you were a dork, Mary said as she followed his lead. After they were both back in room 17 and had locked the connecting door, Mary threw her bags on the chair beside the bed. How about we go check out that awesome pool, Mary asked, as she began digging for her swimsuit in her bag. When Mary turned, Michael was standing there with his swimming shorts on his head, smiling. Go change in the bathroom already, jeez, Michael said as he started pushing her into the bathroom so he could get changed. In the bathroom, Mary stripped off her clothes and slipped on her bathing suit. She then looked into the mirror and felt something warm and wet dripping from her nose. As the blood droplets fell slowly towards the white granite countertop, she began to feel weak and started seeing the balloons in her mind. They were two big white balloons attached to a bench and they were blowing in the wind. You are going to die. Please help us. In an instant, Mary had come to, looking into the mirror at herself she realised that her nose was no longer bleeding. If it had ever been bleeding in the first place. She did not know what had just happened or why she had been looking into the mirror. All Mary knew that it was time to go swimming. After Michael and Mary had put their flip-flops on, they began their journey towards the elevator. Mary glanced up at the picture of the two murdered souls that rested on the wall behind them, and then back towards the elevator. When they stepped in, the painted eyes had once again closed, and, if the brother and sister had taken time to notice, they would have seen the thin dribble of blood that began to fall from the painted mother's nose. They had arrived at the pool room just in time to see other guests swimming in the pool. There were over ten people in the room. There were families playing and laughing, an older man and woman relaxing in the hot tub, and three women which were lying comfortably on foldable chairs reading magazines. Did you hear anyone walking around when we were in our rooms? Michael asked, as he looked at the other guests one by one in awe. I didn't hear anything, ma'am. But what do you want to do first? Mary asked her brother. Didn't you say you had a date with Mr. Sauna, goofy girl? Michael asked while smiling at her. Let's go get sweaty, Mary said and then started laughing and poking at Michael as they walked to the sealed door. The steam was releasing around the crease of the door and they could both feel the heat of it as they stood there, looking through the fogged-up mini-window. When the two of them walked inside the hot, steamy room, they took a seat next to each other, facing the door. The door had shut slowly on its own and had sealed the steam inside. They both looked over and saw a man sitting there, with his eyes closed and a smile planted on his face. The man looked to have been in his early sixties and had on black swimming trunks. Michael and Mary then looked straight ahead, breathing deeply and quietly taking in the warmth of the sauna. As I had sat there relaxing for over 15 minutes, Michael began smelling something. He looked over to the right and saw that the man who had been sitting there motionless when they had entered before was now sitting there in the same position, but his head had caught fire. As the flame surrounded the man's face, as if his head were a lit match and the smell of burnt hair lingered, Michael looked at Mary. She was still looking straight ahead and was unmoving as he attempted to shake her. 
Mary, wake up. Snap out of it. That dude's head's on fire, Michael screamed as he shook his sister harder and harder. Mary had sweat running all over the place, from her face to her upper chest, her legs, and her body felt wet to the touch as he grabbed her hard enough to leave handprints on her shoulders. Suddenly Mary's body slumped sideways and she went crashing to the ground. The wooden benches then began catching fire. Help! Help us! Michael screamed as he grabbed the door and tried opening it. The door was stuck in place and unmoving, and as the flames rose higher and higher, totally engulfing the small solder room in flames, Michael passed out and fell on top of his sister. Michael! Michael! Snap out of it! Mary screamed as she shook her brother. I said, do you want to go to the pool now? Michael had fallen asleep. He did not know for how long, but all he knew was that he had a terrible headache and he could not remember anything, not even walking into the sauna with his sister. Sure, I guess. Let's go for a swim. I could use some cooling off, Michael replied, and he stood up and they both headed for the door to the sauna. When they opened the door and stepped out of the sauna, they looked around the pool area and found that all the other guests that had been there before were now gone. Every last one of them had disappeared. Well, we have the place to ourselves now. Want to go for a dip? Beat you to it! Mary screamed and then dived head first into the deep end. Michael jumped in with the cannonball shortly after and the two found themselves swimming and playing in the water for hours, just as they enjoyed when they were kids. When they had finished swimming to their heart's contentment, they got out of the pool and began drying off. What they did not notice was that the pool they had just been swimming in was not water at all. If they would have turned back around for just an instance, they would have noticed the pool of blood that sat behind them. They would also have noticed the bodies of the guests that were floating face first on top of the pool of blood, and they would have also noticed the blood-soaked towels that they had just thrown on the ground behind them. They would also have noticed the bodies of the guests that were floating face first on top of the pool of blood. By the time they returned to room 17 that night, they were both extremely tired. They took turns jumping in the shower. Mary got in first, and although she did not notice the blood that washed down the drain below her bare feet, she felt completely recharged, and could not wait to get under the soft sheets of the bed. Michael had gone in next, and although he had been unaware when the blood was washed from his body and surrounded his feet below, he also felt rejuvenated from the pool outing. He jumped forcibly onto the bed on purpose, making Mary fly almost six inches off the bed, as if it were a trampoline. They both started laughing hysterically before Michael turned on the television. Let's see what's on the tube, Michael said, as he flipped from channel to channel. They both agreed on the Disney Channel, and as they led there watching an old repeat of Mickey's Playhouse, soon they began dozing off to sleep. Make sure I get up for breakfast, okay? Michael muttered to Mary as he lay there almost in dreamland. I will, baby bro, I will, Mary replied as she lay comfortably under the fresh smelling sheets. Before long they had both fell fast asleep. That is when the sheets slowly started falling to the ground and the light flashed from the television screen. And as Mary and Michael lay there sleeping peacefully, the connecting door to room 16 slowly began to open. 
Standing at the door and walking closer to Lim was the silhouette of a young girl who could not have been more than ten years old. The girl, whose face was dark and imageless, walked over to the bed, sat down with her balloon and began watching Mickey's Playhouse. Well, we hope that you enjoyed our latest horrific tale. If you want to keep up to date with future episodes, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and like our Facebook page. Please also take a moment to support our contributing artists who very kindly lend their talents to this show. Check out the links in the description how you can do this. Until next time my friends, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. Keep it horrific.